Happier Days is a podcast all about adding more happiness into your days and ultimately your life. The content in each of these episodes is a combination of my own stories or interviews with others with the purpose of providing a range of tips, ideas and contemplations on how to incorporate more happiness into your days and most importantly, to live a life worth loving. Join me for this week's episode starting right now. Hello and welcome to the Happier Days podcast. I'm your host, Narelle Crozier. Today's episode topic is one that many people may take for granted and something I've really learned to appreciate more as I've gotten older. And funnily enough, I'm creating this episode on the back of having a nap. I am talking about sleep. Sleep is so important if we want to have happier days. We need the right amount of sleep and we need quality sleep. Without it, we can be grumpy, we can be easily irritated. And for me, I tend to be more accident prone if I haven't had enough sleep. I bump into walls, I trip over the flat floor. My brain doesn't work quite as well either. I'm forgetful, I lack focus, and I do get that brain fog. When those things start to happen, it really is time for me to check in about my sleep. The Sleep Foundation states that sleep is an essential function that allows your body and mind to recharge, leaving you refreshed and alert when you wake up. Healthy sleep also helps the body remain healthy and stave off diseases. I also heard that your brain washes itself while you sleep too. That's a bit strange, but it's cool. Without enough sleep, the brain cannot function properly. This can impair our ability to concentrate, think clearly and process memories. Most adults require between seven and nine hours of sleep a night. Children and teenagers tend to need more sleep, particularly if they're younger or under the age of five. Work schedules, day-to-day stresses, a disruptive bedroom environment and medical conditions can prevent us from receiving enough sleep. A healthy diet and positive lifestyle habits can help ensure adequate amount of sleep each night, but for some, Chronic lack of sleep may be the first sign of a sleep disorder. I want to now share my story about sleep and finding out that I had a sleep disorder. In 2018, I found myself really tired all of the time, even after I'd had what I thought was enough sleep. I really struggled and it was most difficult when I was driving home each day. I found it really hard to stay awake. Obviously, this is not good when you're driving a car. I sought medical help from a doctor after I fell asleep while waiting at the traffic lights near my home. Investigating what might be going on started with a whole heap of testing, so blood tests, urine samples, etc. And it took several weeks, but eventually I started getting some results. There was nothing major showing up in my results other than that I was low in vitamin D and taking a supplement would help. The doctor felt something else was going on, so she referred me for a sleep study. In the sleep study, I went to a hospital. I was hooked up to wires pretty much from head to toe and would be observed overnight as I slept. I honestly didn't think I'd get too much sleep because of all the wires attached to my head. You know, it wasn't super comfortable and I kind of felt weird that people were watching me sleep. But anyway, I got through it and waited a few days for results. When the results came through, I was told I had severe sleep apnea. 
Now, sleep apnea is a potentially serious sleep disorder in which breathing repeatedly stops and starts. During that night of the observation, I in fact had stopped breathing on average 81 times per hour. Let that sink in for a moment. 81 times per hour. The average person stops breathing or has what they call an episode or an event five times an hour. So I had stopped breathing on average 81 times per hour. In the longest period of time I went without airflow, it was something like 96 seconds. And the longest period of time I'd stopped breathing, but there had been airflow, was about 103 seconds. It was then explained to me that my brain would never stop me from breathing. Like obviously your brain doesn't want you to die. So every time I did stop breathing, it would send adrenaline to wake me up. And so it was doing that 81 times an hour. And I was told it was like running a marathon every night. So it was understandable and reasonable for me to feel so exhausted during the day. I was given some recommendations for dealing with sleep apnea. And obviously the first and probably the easiest one to do was to trial a CPAP machine whereby you have a mask of your preference over your mouth or nose or just your nose and essentially airflow is being pumped through the nostrils to keep your airways clear and help with your breathing throughout the night. I was told the ideal figures we wanted to see on the CPAP machine was five episodes per hour. This again is the average a normal person would stop breathing in an hour over the course of the night. Now, I don't remember the exact figure on that first night, but I know that the numbers were less than one. So that meant that I only stopped breathing on average once per hour. Now, that is significantly different to 81 times an hour. As the week went on, the episodes were anywhere between zero and one. And the highest that I've ever had this whole time of having my machine is about 1.3 or 1.4 episodes an hour. So going from 81 episodes an hour to less than one was nothing short of life-changing. And after the trial, I purchased my own CPAP machine and have been using one ever since. Now it's timely, I guess, that I'm doing this episode this week because just on Thursday, my mask actually broke and I've been without my CPAP machine for a few days. I'm certainly feeling it, particularly in the mornings. My whole throat and my sinuses feel really weird. I'm not sure how to really explain it, but I definitely feel more fatigued and I can't wait to be able to get to the shop and purchase a new mask. I also stopped drinking alcohol. I wasn't a big drinker, but did enjoy a fruity little cocktail from time to time when I was out for dinner. But I really did feel that when I consumed alcohol, the levels on the machine were higher And I just didn't feel like it was worth it. Plus, alcohol is toxic for the brain, so I'm not really missing out. I don't take medication for anything else anyway, other than an antihistamine for my allergies. Mid last year, I started taking better care of my nutrition and exercise, and I've lost 18 kilos to date. I really do think that has helped because I remember what my throat was like before I had the CPAP machine, and I'm not waking up the same or having that same throat type experience in the last few days without the machine. So I definitely think losing the weight has made a difference. Now that journey isn't over. So I'm keen to see if I can come off a CPAP machine at some point. Um, But that machine goes with me everywhere. I even take it camping and to dog sledding events. 
In the past few months, I have again struggled with sleep. My ideal amount of sleep is eight hours. Seven and a half is too little and eight and a half is too much. Currently, I'm getting under seven hours and it has been affecting me. It will be something I go and get checked out for sure to ensure that other things aren't going on. But when I get that eight hours, things are good. So maybe and hoping it really is just that that I need to manage. Now, if you experience or know someone who experiences the following symptoms, they may have sleep apnea and should investigate further. So the most common signs and symptoms of sleep apnea are snoring, fatigue or sleepiness during the day, restlessness while sleeping or regular nighttime awakenings, a dry mouth or sore throat, as I mentioned, waking up suddenly after gasping or choking, that used to happen to me regularly, trouble concentrating, forgetfulness or crankiness, depression or anxiety, a constant need to pee at night, night sweats, sexual dysfunction or headaches. Now, if you have sleep apnea, you have an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. You might also increase your risk of recurrent heart attack, stroke and irregular heartbeats such as atrial fibrillation. Sleep apnea has also been linked to dementia and the last time I was at the CPAP store, there was a gentleman there who was buying a machine because he'd done the test and was told that he had it. Um, but it wasn't until he was in the car driving to work and he heard on the news that sleep apnea was now linked to dementia that he decided to do something about it. If sleep apnea is left untreated, your life expectancy decreases between 12 to 15 years. So please get yourself checked out if you experience any of the symptoms I mentioned earlier and make the changes to your habits and lifestyle to promote better sleep health. So sleep quality and quantity does play a huge part in our ability to function properly and to have happier days. That's what I've got for you this week. Have a great week. Get the sleep you need and please seek medical advice if you think you have a sleep disorder. Till next time, here's to a wonderful sleep for happier days. 